Hey, and welcome to In My Opinionation. Each week, we break down an episode of the hit 90s sitcom, Blossom. I'm your host, Eric, and this week, I am joined by my co-hosts, Mallory and Jen. I don't know why I said this week. It's every week. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> because these hosts don't Again change. and again, forever. <laughs> again and again, and again, and again, and again. I wrote that actually in my outline for something. I don't even remember what, but I guess we'll get there when I see it. Hopefully. <laughs> so, today, we're looking at the 10th episode of season one. Such a night. This episode aired on March 11th, 1991. It was directed by our favorite, favorite director, Zane Busby. Zane Busby. And this one was actually written by Don Rio and Judith D. Allison. Actually, Don Rio. It was actually in the credits. So I decided to leave that in. So the synopsis of this episode is... Blossom leans on six for support while calling a boy for a date. Meanwhile, Anthony tries to help his friend Jeff stay sober and Nick gives Joey a hard lesson in mathematics. Makes it sound boring. (laughs) But it was a good episode. I liked it. I have one thing of trivia for this. Uh, In this episode, Blossom and Six act like they study at the same school and there is going to be a prom on Friday. But in the following episode, School Days, Blossom and Six are studying in different schools and are coming from vacations. It happens because... This happened because School Days was produced way before Such a Night, but uh-huh. aired later. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody at that network was drunk when they were deciding when to air these episodes. So confusing. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about School Days next week, obviously, because mm. that one is pretty interesting. But for this episode, uh, I did have that it's the 11th episode filmed, like we mm-hmm. said, out of order. This isn't really trivia, but this is the type of episode that stuck in my six-year-old brain when I was watching. These are the so this one to me feels like a Blossom episode, you know, Mm -hmm. this one felt very 90s episode like it felt perfect in the time and like it was what I would see on um, what was that Uh, say by the bell or any of the shows I'd watch family matters. This was a perfect like sitcom episode. Yeah. Bottleneck episode. Bottleneck. Every sitcom needs one. Bottleneck. Not bottleneck. uh, Just bottle. Bottle episode. Yeah. Because it was all in one area. All contained. I thought it was bottleneck because you're stuck in a place. So you can't get past the bottleneck. I thought it was a bottle episode because it's contained in one bottle. Like they one. both make sense. They do. <laughs> well, the, in Wikipedia, it says it's actually called a bottle episode. Whatever. So <laughs> I'm going to say what I say. They are commonly used when one script has fallen through and another has to be written on short notice. Or because of budgetary constraints. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The like the big episode that comes to mind for me as an example of a bottle episode is the episode of Friends where nobody's ready. Yeah. They're going to Ross's um he's getting an award or something and nobody's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Eric, have you not seen Friends? No. <laughs> Okay, so next podcast. I started, um, <laughs> I told Mallory this, that I started because it's on Netflix, Canadian Netflix. Yeah. And um, I started watching it. And then, you know, because it's early 90s, there's some problematic episodes at the oh, beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, and then I just sort of stopped because pandemic and, you know, yeah. you, get, yeah. you get distracted by other shiny things, building a new computer or whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, any episode that you watch, any TV series that you watch not in the time that it was produced is going to have problematic elements like we've seen Mm -hmm. it here a lot with the like gay jokes and stuff that it doesn't really translate to today Mm -hmm. but we don't really i don't i don't think i noticed anything really problematic in this episode not this episode no just episodes that we've talked about before for sure for sure but well we should just jump into this unless you guys have any other trivia no 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 all right well let's start in everyone's favorite bedroom blossoms oh that sounded wrong (laughs) (laughs) anyway speaking of problematic (laughs) we meet our titular hero as she's dancing with uh you know six and having some smooth 90s moves they take a break and start talking about their love of dance and how they love to dance so much until they get that feeling that they're going to pass out which is you know great and all until they actually pass out um six (laughs) then asks blossom if she had one wish Who would she ask out? Six obviously picks Johnny Depp because it's the early 90s and says that she wants to sharpen every one of Edward Scissorhands blades. I don't. (laughs) Excuse you, madam. (laughs) (laughs) It was very. That is saucy. Graphic. (laughs) Yeah. Blossom then says like she wouldn't pick a date if she had one wish. She'd obviously cure the world of disease and, you know hardships uh, boring. <laughs> but if everything was like copacetic in the world and they didn't have dates on friday night which you know lol is true she picked <laughs> robert loomley the president of the chess club because he's smart he's cute and he has freckles which gets six thinking 
I wonder if he has freckles on his butt. Can I just, so <laughs> Six makes this comment of, Ew, you like the president of the chess club and Blossom's like, yeah, it's totally cool. Nerds are fine and cute. Blossom, <laughs> we just had a whole ass episode. <laughs> Yeah. About dating geeks. And now mm-hmm. you're going to tell me that it's cool. And now you're okay with it. Uh, and then later they, they're talking, like they have, they're gossiping about a story and they're like, the geek as if, and I'm like, ah, this whole thing again. Yeah. It's decide what you want in life. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's clear. They're trying to like find their footing in this first season. Yeah. Yeah. Like looking at the production order the geek was filmed fourth and then this one was filmed 11th so they were you know like there was quite a big gap between mm-hmm. them production she regressed is what you're saying she regressed well, as a kid. no she she <laughs> she the other way yeah yeah she fair. learned from her mistakes and went oh maybe the geeks can be the like good ones to ask out yeah except except later in the episode when they start talking about a geek again yeah, yeah. very confusing uh <laughs> so um it's it's funny because blossom then wonders if she should, you know, do the feminist thing and ask him out. And six, ever the go-getter, decides to get his number from a friend and call Robert for her. Hell yeah. And Blossom, Blossom is super giddy in this, in this exchange. It's so weird seeing her like jumping around the room, being like, and then talking to him and then being like, like super awkward and, and girl, I, I want to say girly, you know, that teenage girly that you see on TV. Can I, can I just say that that was me? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they don't know how to balance teenage girl isms because we know Blossom is mostly a feminist and level headed and all of that. And every time she talks to a boy this whole season, she has been a little giggly. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Eric, like this particular time is so off the rails. She was jumping on her bed. She goes hi and like collapses into giggles. Whereas before we have seen her be a little like shy and awkward and giggly, mm-hmm. but not to the point where she can't make words happen. But no, can I, I say, wait, wait, yeah. hold on that. Now I need to see Mallory do this. <laughs> have you never seen me just run around in like giggle? energy excited energy but not giggle about a boy i guess uh... oh no no that i did when i was like blossom's age 13 but like the way she runs and like jumps off her bed like i will just get like bouts of energy and basically get the zoomies like a dog or cat like i, <laughs> I will say take mallory out into public and tell mallory that she needs to approach somebody she doesn't know with a question and she will fully become blossom in this situation i get nervous giggles yeah (laughs) Yeah. i do but in terms of like blossom here like why she's so giggly and like wasn't before i don't know like they're having a sleepover maybe they've drank a copious amount of pop maybe yeah i can i can see that yeah because they are like very energetic and like all over the place in this episode pixie six for everyone yeah so maybe they're just high on sugar (laughs) yeah it it did seem so extreme though (laughs) it was funny comedy yes so she gets him on the phone and she you know awkwardly chokes a bit on on her words and then hangs up on him (laughs) which oh my god good on her for trying though yeah just mid-sentence hangs up (laughs) and you know what you know what helps that that awkwardness dancing and that's what they do they go Mm -hmm. back and continue to dance we then move down to the living room where tony's watching tv and someone ding dong rings the doorbell and it's his buddy jeff we found out that jeff is one year sober and wants to go out and party to celebrate Um, i'd like to interject for a moment so i wanted to ask you guys there was a line that i thought might have been a flub tristan said that he thought it was just the character being nervous so when tony invites him in Mm -hmm. he says yeah i should watch some baseball and then he looks at the tv and says the line again but says watch some basketball and then goes into that like babbling on about basketball are you talking about jeff yeah jeff i think it's more that it's not what he's thinking about he's mm-hmm. thinking about going on drinking so he'll just say anything i don't think it's a flub it was just the way that it was the exact same sentence twice but with mm-hmm. baseball replaced with basketball yeah we see a few instances where like as soon as tony opens the door you can see this guy is yeah. like shady and, and not jittery. all and jittery and not all there yeah. so it did seem like a mistake until he kept doing stuff right. like that yeah. like just not remembering things that happened in his life you know yeah 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 it's not the thing that's on the top of his mind and especially yeah. since he's like yeah i'm one year sober i think i beat it let's go drink uh, i mean is- it's it's an interesting look at how addiction can be like that though mm-hmm. that well so that was the other thing i wanted to talk about so 
connecting it to recent events, I don't know if you've got if you guys watched the new Demi Lovato documentary about she had an overdose. I didn't finish it. Yeah. So basically at the end, and she's talked about it in the media since then as well, is that she now considers herself what is sometimes called California sober, which is sober from everything except marijuana. Mm. So I don't, as I've talked about in past episodes, I don't have any, my family, my friends, as far as I know, um, our our lives haven't been touched by addiction. So I don't know, Mm -hmm. is this a thing that can work for people or like going out and partying and then. Yeah. Or like, you know, getting it under control and being able to have a couple drinks and not like go off the deep end. Is that a thing or is that wishful thinking? Uh, I have seen a little bit of it. And I have seen the, you know, it's been two years or whatever. I think I can have one drink again or two drinks again. And it is like a legitimate, you know, if you're not thinking about it all of the time, Mm -hmm. then you think it won't hurt or like one thing won't trigger you. Mm -hmm. But I have seen a couple people fall back into it. All it takes is that like dopamine hit of remembering what it's like, or because you think you have it under control, you think you can, it's like when you're first learning to start to drink, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know what the line is until you hit the line and then it's kind of too late. Right. Mm. You know, so I do know a few people that have done an amazing job and they are, I guess, I guess the term is California sober and Mm -hmm. it's totally working for them. But yeah, I think it's, it's hard to say, well, I'm fine. So I'm just going to have one because as soon as you remember it, it's never just one. Right. From my experience, maybe there are people that can do that now. I don't know. Yeah. Out of, out of my experience, I don't think any of my friends that have gone through this have, have gone back at least. They, yeah. they, they feel like it'll just go back, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, that's where we get Tony in this, in this moment, mm-hmm. right? He's the ever steady voice of wisdom in, in Blossom, actually. We're back to real Tony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, well, remember what happened the last time this happened, right? Yeah. And Jeff's like, oh yeah, well, I woke up three days later next to a farm animal, you know, to laughs of the audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Tony's, Tony shows him that he keeps a reminder of this, like in his pocket, which I thought was was awesome. Like yeah. a photo of where it can lead. What'd you guys mm-hmm. think of that? I thought that was amazing. Yeah. That's so great. I And I thought it was a unique twist on that trope because you see a lot of times in, in movie and film, people being like, oh, I carry around a picture of my family. I carry mm-hmm. around a picture of my kids. So to have him carry around, not a picture of like who he's doing it for, quote unquote, but why he's not drinking and why he's not using a reminder mm-hmm. of what could happen, I thought was like a very unique way to to show that. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of there's an episode of Community, which is also an amazing show. Mm-hmm. Um, the character, Shirley, the, the whole gang's going out to a bar and she doesn't want to go to this particular bar. And then they show up and realize they have sort of a hall of infamy thing of pictures being like blitzed out and Shirley's up there. So half of it is her not wanting to be, you know, seen that way by her friends and being ashamed, but it's also kind of played of it's her picture in the pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, she can't go back to the bar because if she goes back to the bar, it might all happen again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (sighs) such a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so we move back up. We got some serious. We got to move back up to Blossom's room where silliness is going to happen. And Six asks Blossom if she thinks they'll be friends when they're really, really old, like 30. And I think my notes here are what was just what Jen said was, uh. (laughs) I wrote, oh, God, are we really that old? No, it's the kids who are wrong. (laughs) You know what's funny is kids won't understand that reference now. I know. <laughs> so I guess that does mean we're old. Oh my god! I don't know. Oh. They might they might have seen the memes, but they don't know what it's from. It's yeah. True. And then they they start talking. They're like, "Yeah, we'll li- we'll live next door to each other, like Lucy and Ethel." And they each call each other Ethel, which I thought was cute. Yeah. <laughs> then sixth, the ever changing subject person asked Blossom if she thinks she could swallow a basketball. Because she's thinking about becoming pregnant and Blossom in her regular Blossom fashion says, you can't get pregnant from a basketball, maybe a basketball player. 
but not a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and not from swallowing. It's, um, that's true. Oh, Jim, <laughs> I, edit it out if you have to. No, keep it in. It stays. Uh, then they start talking about pregnancy and Blossom's like, oh, it's such a natural thing. And Six says, there is nothing natural about firing a seven or eight pound person out of your body. Preach, girl. <laughs> I sort of want to show this to Megan. Yeah, I was going to say, as the only one of us who has children. <laughs> I just, Six's brain, like she must be tired all of the time it might be the sugar i think it might be the sugar i like that the scene did this um uh what's the the term the theater term um median res like in the middle of things i like that they keep going back to the sleepover and we're getting like Mm. half of a conversation yeah Yeah, very real and then they do it in the credits i thought was cool Yeah. yeah yeah so then joey enters the room with pizzas and says that Instead of going to the movies, he's going to be helping his dad with bills, which I never knew kids did. Not my my parents did not want me to see our bills, I'm sure. No, and I don't want my kids to see my bills now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Joey leaves and six. Well, I want to talk about this for a moment. Okay, I, go for it. <laughs> I went on a little bit of a rant in my notes here. Oh, okay. So so Joey says that he's terrible at math. Actually, I should say he says he's terrible at math. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then he tries to figure out what 15% of, of the 17, uh, 64 or something like that. Now as somebody who can't do math in her head, I identified with Joey in that moment. And this was the the rant that I went on. I think the way that math is taught in schools, at least when we were growing up, it wasn't connected to anything like any part of the real world mm-hmm. like it was just learn how to I, I remember it was basically memorizing answers like yeah formulas and yeah for sure i remember being told to memorize the 12 times table mm-hmm. not learn how to do multiplication memorize the 12 yeah, times by table. columns yeah i remember that. so then when you get these real world math problems and you don't know how to actually do the math because we haven't been taught how to do it in the real world mm-hmm education is failing us (laughs) well let me tell you they don't do that anymore my daughter's and my eldest daughter's in grade well was in grade one oh she finished (laughs) um and i help her with our homework all the time and her math was all done in stories like it was it's actually really cool where they were like well these kids are playing marbles and then you get different points if you get it on different uh, sides of this rock how much points who's gonna win or stuff like that yeah it's actually way more like right now she's learning through stories which i think is really good for her because she likes stories and i think it, it connects to children much easier that way i love that that's so good yeah and like the thing i was thinking about with the 15 percent is i remember talking to my my bubby i think once about how i couldn't figure out 15 percent in my head and she's like well just do 10 percent and then half the 10 percent and add it to the 10 percent i'm like that's so much easier damn right like you just move the decimal over one It's so easy. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, but when you're trying to like sit there and do math in your head of like, okay, 15%, how do I, what do I, like, it just, Mm -hmm. you know, and they didn't teach us these tricks when I was in school. And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I think we all grew up in a generation where we were really pushed, you know, take the academic level math so you can get into universities you can get a great job which clearly now we know is a lie yeah um but at the time there was a big push for university and whatnot so you know i i feel like in academic it was all formula Mm -hmm. it was all stuff that i'll never use again in my life but maybe if they had had that practical class i wouldn't now be an adult being like how do you tax for sure well jen it's not like you're going to be carrying around a calculator with you all the time. <laughs> no, right? I'm not going to have some magic little piece of technology that can do literally everything in my life for right? me. I still love that my math teachers would say that. Yeah, uh, and the, the the thing with the formulas as well, like Tristan had like butted heads with our math teacher so much because so Tristan's dad is an engineer. So he would teach mm-hmm. him like, oh, here's a faster way to do that. My dad did the same thing. Calculation or whatever. And he would get marks taken off of his test because he didn't do the formula the way the teacher wanted him to, mm-hmm. even though he got the correct answer. And I don't I don't understand the the emphasis on a formula that you're never going to be able to use in real life when mm-hmm. you can use all the, you know. I feel like that's just a dick teacher. Because my yeah. math, te- my advanced math teachers, at least in grade 12 and OAC, were like, as long as you show how you got there, that's fine. Yeah. Because if you got the answer right, that means you're doing something right, right? Yeah. Anyways, that was my side rant on math <laughs> and education. <laughs> now we can to go into Six's little 
diatribe about Joey being hot. So six <laughs> asks Blossom if um, you know being Joey's sister means that she doesn't notice that Joey is hot. And this was such a weird conversation, like just a weird conversation. I don't know. Yep. Have you asked someone why they don't think their sibling is hot? Well, so we're none of us is a, an only child. So I don't think mm-hmm. we all know that it's super weird, right? I don't know what it would be like as an only child. I don't think Megan would have asked this question. <laughs> She's an only child. I mean, you can think it, but you don't make a point of. You don't say it out loud. <laughs> or you, if I was as an adult, I feel like as grown ups, I can make a joke about like, oh, yeah, like your sister's hot, your brother's hot, whatever. I feel like I can make that joke. But then you don't like then go into the explanation of why. I think it's more that. You know, you can say your friend's sister's hot, but you don't ask them if they think their sister is hot. Yeah. Do you not realize your brother is banging? Like, no, no, you could have an extremely hot brother. You will, knock on wood, never actually acknowledge that. (laughs) I think six just lacks a filter. Yeah. Or she has this way of like always wanting to understand life. Like this whole episode is her trying to like wrap her brain around life or like being an adult and the hows and whys. So I think she's just trying to figure out how to navigate life. She just does it in a really weird, awkward way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that this conversation ends and it's just like, let's move to the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Let's never talk about this again. Can I ask, and you don't have to say yes, but I am getting really strong. Something is going to go on with Joey and six in the future. And I might be wrong but I'm getting vibes. She does. Well, she's uh, so far. We've seen that she likes Joey. It's not like a, yeah, yeah. we know, okay. we know that that six likes Joey. Okay. All right. I feel like I'm being set up for something. Anyway, we move uh, back down no. to the living room <laughs> where Tony offers Jeff a drink and Jeff's like, <laughs> can I have some scotch? <laughs> and Tony's like, uh, we don't, we don't have scotch here. We're a vodka house. And Jeff's surprised that there's alcohol in the house. And Tony says, well, my ba- my dad's not the alcoholic. I am, which I thought was a really cool mm-hmm. thing. I, I did, too. But I also questioned Tony offering up that information to someone that he sees is struggling to stay sober mm-hmm. and then leaving the room. Good point. Maybe he's hoping for the best. I didn't yeah. think the alcohol was in that room. That's why I don't know where I think where I, where I said on that. I didn't even think about that. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. But then Jeff, you know, asked for a soda. In a shot glass, ha, ha, more awkward laughing. Oh, and uh, yeah, it's so, it's, it's so weird. But, you know, we move over to the kitchen. Yeah. We see that Joey and Nick are doing the bills. And uh, Joey realizes that there isn't a way to get ahead. And that if you wanted anything good, you have to earn more money than you spend. And then <laughs> Nick and Joe and Tony just have the proudest looks on their faces. Nick gives, uh, gives Joey a kiss. <laughs> It's so cute. Yeah, he's so proud. His dumb, dumb son finally understands something. (laughs) It is. But it's also nice seeing that Joey's getting stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After being so down on himself about math, you're like, you're good at stuff, man. I I did wonder if we need to explain how banking worked before the internet was a thing. And how you had to keep track of your own balance. Oh, I never even thought about that. Because that's what Nick did like bank books yeah that nick is is teaching joey right he has a checkbook and he's like you have to write down how much you like deposit and stuff yeah how much you pay people and then subtract it from your balance to find out do you guys remember having banking books and then bringing it in and Mm -hmm. getting it updated oh man i remember it was a huge deal when atm machines came up with there was like a a A slot slot where you could flatten out your little bank book and then when you made a transaction you put it in and it gave you like this old-timey computer printing of your new balance yeah it like stamped it onto the book yeah it was so cool that was awesome yeah now we're old anyway We're over 30, so, you know. Uh, May as well just die. <laughs> God. So uh, we head back into the living room where Tony realizes that Jeff has left with the door open. What an a-hole. Yep. <laughs> Who does that? And he goes to the door and says, he looks off and he says, good luck, which is, you know, melancholic at best. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's hoping his, his friend doesn't fall down that hole, but we know he's headed that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, orange sodas. Ew. Sorry. I'm not really? a fan. Yeah, no, I'm not really an orange soda fan. I 
loved orange soda when I was a kid. I, I, I grew too. out of it, but I loved it when I was a kid. Every time we went out for dinner, orange soda. Why am I saying soda? We say pop in Canada. We say pop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's because they said soda so much in this episode, so it was yeah. confusing. Yeah, I was, I was the same. I liked orange pop when I was younger, <laughs> but not anymore. I also don't drink as much pop because no. I'm old. I'm over yeah. 30. So much sugar. <sighs> anyway. We go back to the kitchen where Nick realizes that the phone bill is $785. Joey realizes that he fucked up and runs out of the kitchen. (laughs) You know, adorable. That's when he's like, oh, oh God, oh God. I did it. It just runs away. (laughs) But then Tony enters the kitchen and we get back down to earth and he confides in Nick that he believes that Jeff's going out to use or drink alcohol. He says use. Every time he says using this, I assume it's drugs or it, it goes to drugs in my brain, but I know he's mm-hmm. talking about alcohol. Specifically with Jeff, yeah. Yeah. Tony thinks that Jeff came over so that Tony, he was in, in hopes that Tony would tell him that he's doing the right thing, like he can mm-hmm. go out and celebrate. But when Tony didn't do that, Jeff split. Yeah. And we also kind of got from when Jeff first showed up that he was also kind of hoping that Tony wouldn't be there mm-hmm. so that he could just go, you know, like Tony opens the door and he's like, Oh, you're home. I thought you would be at a meeting or something or just not here. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, like he, he did the good thing and tried to check in with someone. And if he wasn't there, like, Oh no, I guess I just got to go now. Yeah. That's a sign. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nick wonders if he's actually going to go out and drink and Tony, that's when we find out two important things about Tony. He has two special specialities. Adam's family trivia, especially <laughs> Uncle Fester. And then he also knows when someone is about to use again, which is, you know, mm-hmm. sad. And- yeah. Yeah. Tony then sees the phone bill and-, <laughs> <laughs> and Nick calls the 900 number to find out what's up. Did anyone else? I think this is just me being a nerd. But the way he says, what's the deal with these 900 numbers? It really sounded like he was doing a Seinfeld, which would have been relevant at the time. What's the deal with these 900 numbers? What's the deal with these 900 numbers? <laughs> And I think I was just hearing it weird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do we do we have to explain what 900 numbers are? Do they have those still? Dex lines. 976, right? <laughs> do do they still have them? I don't know. I don't think so. Let me I'm, I'm not going to look this up. I don't want that. I mean, even if they do, what are the chances that that the kitties know what a 900 number is? Yeah. Exactly. It's true. So, they were there generally for they had they had sex lines, they had those um psychics and all mm-hmm. of those other random people it was pretty much a pay phone line yeah 800 toll free 900 paid the opposite of toll free yeah. yeah yeah so we head back upstairs to blossom's room where it's makeover time for six <laughs> <laughs> her makeup would be so cool now yeah i can't remember what it was but oh it was just green eyeshadow all the way up to her eyebrows oh yeah it was very um it was very artsy yeah, mm. she just needed some like mascara and some contouring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She asked, but she did ask uh, Blossom if it was too much. And Blossom replies, Well, that depends. Do you plan on doing any kabuki theater? Oh, burn. <laughs> um, which I thought was hilarious. Do we need to explain what kabuki theater is now? <laughs> they can look it up. Yeah, that's, that's worldly. That's not, a, that's not a 90s thing. That's, that's a cultural thing. Look up Japan. Um, anyway, Blossom tries look on up some red. Japan. And theater, Japan and theater. Blossom tries on some red lipstick, which leads to Six talking about getting her lips done when she's 18. And Six asks Blossom whether she considered getting anything done. And Blossom gets all self-conscious about this, about her nose especially. As someone with a nose, I I felt that. But like Six says, it's perfect for her and her face. Mm -hmm. Like it's perfect for her. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm happy with my nose Mm -hmm. now, but Mm -hmm. like especially at Blossom's age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This was... This was such an interesting discussion to me because, mm-hmm. you know, it's thoughts on plastic surgery are, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they are. It's, you know, I personally think whatever makes you feel better about yourself in like a pure good way, mm-hmm. if you are able to do it. But the way Six does it, and I know Blossom clearly takes it kind of like personally, like, oh, you've been thinking about this. But the way Six presents it, I actually understood because six is clearly like a fashion and makeup person yeah and when you are one of those people you do notice things about people's bodies and faces that maybe other people wouldn't but you kind of see it in a clinical mm. way like you see it for the structure not in um 
in like a derogatory kind of way. And that's how Six says it. And when she says, no, your nose is actually very perfect for your face. And then she starts talking about shares plastic surgery in a very clinical, practical kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think obviously like, yeah, Six is trying to say that I like I like your nose. I like how it looks on you. Mm-hmm. The words she chooses, I think, are a little bit more adult than Blossom wanted to hear. Like she says that it mm-hmm. gives her character and distinction and Blossom wants to hear, I look pretty. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like character and distinction aren't aren't words that a 14 year old would would see as synonyms for for pretty. Right. It's like saying someone is unique and you're like, I don't want to be unique. I want to be. Yeah. 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 No, just I, I thought that was like a really cool way of looking at their friendship and how they're how they see things differently from one another i i don't know i thought it was interesting as kind of a fashion person yeah it's so i had my teeth quote-unquote fixed i had a gap in between my two front teeth and uh, when i was in university i decided to get veneers to to close that gap and it was interesting because i did experience moments like this where people thought that they were giving me a compliment about my gap in my teeth but the way that they like phrased it was Mm -hmm. not (laughs) like it was oh you look so good now or like people just know um so one i had one person say to me like before i got it done when I was telling them I was going to have my my gap closed they said but your teeth are so nice you look like Bugs Bunny oh my god who says this uh, I don't I don't want to name names um I want to know after. that means we know them <laughs> uh, no you don't um okay but uh and that like I understood that they were trying to say like oh like it's cute like you know like a bunny is cute but it just it it's not what I wanted to hear right like yeah. I want to you know I don't think anyone would want to hear that so yeah. <laughs> well, this is also like this was 1991. The, there's a documentary series on National Geographic, I believe, called the 90s or the last great decade or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the sexual, I want to say sexual revolution, but the sexual culture of the of the 90s and how things were changing and how plastic surgery was really becoming prevalent at this time in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're talking about this with people this age is actually very it was very quite relevant at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I do recommend that documentary. It's on yeah. Stack TV or whatever. Yeah, because I have like maybe not, I wasn't this young, but I've definitely had those conversations as a teenager with my friends yeah. and not in a telling each other what we think each other should do. But, you know, talking to friends about mm-hmm. I would love to do this. Do you think I should? And like, what are the ramifications of me doing this? Yeah. You know, like it's a big conversation. Yeah. Like the, the 80s where it started becoming more popular, people were it was more taboo. Like people wouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like once people like celebrities started talking about getting work done, like it started becoming yeah. more prevalent and it just seeped down and through through culture to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It, you know what? If you're doing it purely for you, the way that you dress for yourself in the morning to feel good, if that's Mm -hmm. your reason for doing it, you know, for myself, I say, get it. Yeah. Get it, girl. Do it for yourself. (laughs) Don't do it for someone else. Exactly. But I would also say, don't do it at 14. Like, wait till you're a fully formed adult. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Your your body is whatever you think is happening with your body. You won't know what's happening with your body for sure till you're like, to your 18 like well we got past that but at least 18 you know like i do like that six gave like six talking about how blossom doesn't need to change anything about her makes Mm -hmm. blossom get more confidence in Mm -hmm. herself right at that point and that enough that she you know calls and immediately hangs up on robert again (laughs) (laughs) she tries again and that's the important thing exactly Then we head over to the next scene where we go into Joey's room, which is, I think, only like the second or third time we've seen his room. Yeah. Adored with models on the walls <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> mm. To be, I was too embarrassed as a teenager to do this. I would never have done that. Anyway, <laughs> Nick enters Joey's room to talk about the bill and we find Joey under his bed. Too embarrassed to even look at his dad, which, you know, was so cute. It kind of reminded me of the makeout party episode at the yes. end when Blossom was like, I, I don't want to look at you. Like, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. take the face. And Joey's doing the same thing here in a more comedic way. But it's, yeah. it's that same feeling of I, I feel so embarrassed. I feel bad. I don't want to, like, look at you because I know you are disappointed in me. My kid does this. It's so cute. <laughs> when she's embarrassed about something, she'll just hide. Hide under the bed with her little feet sticking out. She can't, she can't fit underneath her bed, but <laughs> <laughs> she hides in her blankets and stuff. Oh. 
Anyway, turns out that Joey heard about this number from the guys at school, as one does, and decided to call it and call it and call it and call it and call it again and again and again, 174 (laughs) more times. In one month. Yeah. $2 per call, $1 per minute afterwards. And Nick, you know, is like, well, I guess you you got you got uh, interested in those sexy naked coeds, and that piques Joey's interest <laughs> enough to look out from under the bed, and he's like, "Oh, you called? Did you talk to Babette?" <laughs> Obviously, Babette. And uh, Nick talks about how you know, you know, we would talk, and then just as it's getting good, we get cut off, and Joey's like, "You know what?" That happened to me too. They must have some really bad lines there. And Nick explains that, you know what? That's not what's happening. You're getting hustled, man. They get another $2 when you call back again. Yeah. I like that Nick was explaining how these things work to him. It wasn't mm-hmm. just him getting mad. And he did, he did his sneaky, his sneaky daddy thing again. He did. Where he like lures the children in and he's like, oh, here's a lesson. Yeah. I gotcha. These are dad goals. Like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the stuff of this of this series and uh, Joey's, you know, sad because he knows he has to pay him back and uh-huh. go back to the video store where they play Care Bear movies <laughs> all the time. And he doesn't like them because they have bad voice acting, which I don't remember. I thought Care Bears were actually pretty good. I thought he was saying that he thought the Care Bears couldn't act, not the actors, that he thought the Care Bears were actual. Is that what it was? Oh, my yes, God. That's oh. what I got, too. That he thought the Care Bears. Care Bears, the Care Bears, <laughs> Care Bears were actual beings, and they were trying to act and couldn't. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> but I'm sure it was Joey. Yeah, and Joey realizes that at twenty five dollars a week, it'll take almost six months. And Nick's just like, "My son, the math ways." Yeah, Aww. he learned how to do math exactly. And Joey really appreciates that Nick didn't come down hard on him. And Nick says that Joey, you're not a bad person. You just got taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mm-hmm. discuss how we feel about how Nick addressed his son calling a sex hotline versus how he addressed Blossom going to a makeout party, because those were two very different reactions Yeah, to mm-hmm. arguably similar area things. I think that the sex line is easier for him because there's no person involved, right? right? It's just money on the phone. But I guess a makeout party, there's possibilities of actual sex right i also wonder if it has to do with blossom being a daughter and joey being a son 100 definitely because yeah this is the 90s i feel like oh man i don't even know boys will be boys right i only have girls but i feel like i don't make out parties i remember them (laughs) back in my day no so you extra hate them for your own daughters yeah yeah, or even sons. Like there, there's yeah. there's some stupid shit that I wouldn't want people to do that I did, right? Yeah, I know that sounds very vague, and I'm making it so. Yeah. But you know, yeah, no, fair enough. I my first reaction to, was the same as you, Mal, to be like, oh, well, it's because it's a dude thing. But no, I see what you're saying, Eric. Like, there's a disconnect between a woman who clearly doesn't care about you on a phone, right, mm-hmm. and like a real 14 year old boy who's trying to get some stuff yeah being scammed out of money versus being pregnant yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. makes sense that being said i i wonder what his reaction would would have been if blossom called the the line (laughs) probably different yeah (laughs) oh for sure especially at this time yeah well next lesson he says he actually says to joey is there's a lot of people in the world looking to rip you off like this and a lot worse so just learn Mm -hmm. which you know good good Good, good advice. I don't know why I just stumbled on saying good. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes I get stuck on words too. <laughs> oh. Anyway, back to Blossom's room where the gossiping continues. And I just wrote in my next quote, the geeks quote, and then, uh, <laughs> uh anyway, so they start talking about six, six wonders if Blossom could see herself getting quote tied down and having brats and Blossom mm-hmm. says six, you know, you make it sound like a trap. And Six says, it kind of is. It looks good from a distance and you go in with good intentions, but a year later, you're willing to chew your leg off to get out of it. And Blossom's like, you know, some marriages are supportive and caring and romantic. And Six is like, who? Because I guess they're both in sort of broken marriage families. Yeah, what is Six's parents' situation? Do we ever know? They're still married, I think. Okay. Yeah, they're still married. I don't know what their relationship is like, but they're still married. 
Okay, because Six is super obsessed with marriage. So yeah. that's yeah. interesting. Also, this was bef- like the first season Six was actually a guest star, not mm-hmm. a regular. So I don't know how flushed out her like off-screen life like how like that's fair you know, if they have a background for her yet or if they're going to yeah. develop that in the future seasons when she okay. becomes a regular it's sort of sad seeing blossom think about her parents and how they used to have a this supportive mm-hmm. uh, marriage mm. but then six switches the the topic well not switches she moves forward mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't really switch she always sort of just pivots pivots yeah she always has a million thoughts in her head at one time exactly so she just goes to the next one i think she also like saw blossom heading into like sadness sadness and so she was like okay change gears like let's let's Mm -hmm. pivot this way you know i want to keep my friend feeling happy and not make her feel sad yeah Yeah. so she asked uh, blossom could you see yourself marrying anyone in class and blossom goes marrying no kissing robert Uh, which means You know, six then goes off her list of kissing, which was just ginormous. And I didn't write it down because it took. I'm pretty sure it's just every boy in school. It was every boy, <laughs> including the swim team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she starts worrying if she's becoming a sex addict. Six sounds like my middle school journal. I loved <laughs> every boy. Oh, my God. When I, when I was in high school, I had a, a little diary type thing. And when I went to my sister's university to visit her, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, girls. <laughs> Girls, girls, girls. Just a list of girls' names? I don't remember. I, I just remember writing about girls. Okay. Especially girls I met there, because it's like, ooh, university girls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who totally want to date this high schooler. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. This awkward, what was I, 16 or something? You're like, I can drive now. Uh, <laughs> I'll totally visit you in London. I don't have a car. What will visit? I'll take the bus. I'll take the Yeah, exactly. Was Go Train still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we head down to the kitchen where Tony gets a call from Jeff, who's at the bar. Tony then asks to speak to the bartender, Jimmy, who says, oh, it's been a long time. And we find out that that picture that's in Tony's pocket is on the wall there. Sort of mm-hmm. like Shirley, I guess. Mm-hmm. Tony then asks the bartender to take Jeff's keys and put him in a cab. And the look on Nick's face when he does that was so awesome. And I just put little, I put hearts here. He's so proud. He's so proud. And it's such a good thing to see like someone take care of someone. Like yeah. it just, yeah, I love it. Tony's just such a good human mm-hmm. this entire episode. He's so good. It's nice seeing him back on track. Yeah. yeah. And Nick says that he feels sorry that Jeff fell off the wagon and Tony replies, no, he jumped. Mm-hmm. Nick confides in Tony that he worries that he'll go out like Jeff one day. And Tony says he worries about that, too. But all he can say is that today it didn't happen, which, oh, man. Nick, that makes a deal with Tony. You keep trying one day at a time. I'll keep being proud of you one day at a time. I love that. Right? I know. I feel it. This whole scene was so good. Yeah. My feelings. Nick, come on. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> dad goals, man. Like, yeah. I wrote down dad goals. Like, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Ah, back up to Blossom's room. <laughs> where six divulges her plan on having sex for the first time how old they're 14 yeah 14 yeah yeah that's so soon um, <laughs> so she's she's describing this this elaborate fantasy of her going up to because she, she's obviously gonna have sex when she gets married she says so mm-hmm. it's not complicated and then <laughs> she's up at her family's estate in maine and her father-in-law is stephen king her husband's called the count on vogue is playing and they're gonna be holding each other all night and Blossom's like, when's the sex going to happen? And she's like, oh, next morning before breakfast. Yeah. And then she goes into great detail describing the breakfast. Yeah. Exactly. I love, and this is so like how you fantasize about sex before you really like understand what sex is about. It's more about like the atmosphere and the experience. And candles and fur and fireplaces. Yeah. yeah it's raining. There's thunder and lightning. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Uh, then Blossom says she never fantasizes about anything like that, but she will call Robert. Uh, so she calls <laughs> Robert and she finally asks him out and womp, womp, womp. Carol Antonelli asked him out five minutes earlier. Womp womp. Oh, sadness. Nick enters and tries to get pizza, but it's all gone. I guess it's <laughs> time to start that diet on that body that has no body fat. Right? He's so skinny. Uh, oh, the 90s, man. I know. And then Six is like, oh, I like your earring because Nick is a dilf. <laughs> Okay, can I say, no, I don't know if this is just the first time 
that he has had like a five o'clock shadow yeah. situation. But as soon as she said it and I was like, he is looking like particularly foin this episode. <laughs> Maybe it's like all the good parenting or like the little beard he has. But I was mm. like, okay, Daddy Russo. I think it's all of it. It's mm. all of it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> they then head to bed where Blossom has thoughts. Does the count mm. have a in Maine have a brother? Lol. <laughs> <laughs> then Six asks, you know, the, the most adorable thing. She asks Blossom if they want to go to the dance together. Aww. I'm like, hmm. Friendship. Yeah. Friendship is adorable. <laughs> and, you know, they go back to lie down about to sleep. And obviously this is what I assume girl uh, sleepovers are like. You just wake up again and you're like, hey, let's talk about the next thing. Mm-hmm. You want to be roommates in college? Yeah. You turn off the light. You're like, OK, we're going to go to bed. And then you turn off the lights and then you're like, hey, Jen, do you want to? And then you start talking about something else. <laughs> hey, hey, are you, are you still awake? <laughs> I'm still awake. What about this? Yeah, that's 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 girl sleepovers. I gotta yeah. be honest, I don't remember what boy sleepovers were like, but I'm pretty sure it was pizza, pop, video games, and then passing out. Yeah, that, that, that's that's what I, I had did. a brother. That's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> they also sometimes so we had like a fold out couch, mm-hmm. and they would um like the last third they would leave folded up at like ninety degrees, and then like karate kick it. Yeah, so it opened. No, yeah. for sure. Uh, we would also <laughs> annoy the local radio station and ask for songs. And they would never play them. Oh, they would never rude. play them. So we would always call. <laughs> so did anyway. you do different voices? No, not at all. We were like, "Hey, you haven't heard, you haven't played our song. Can you play this song?" We're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You didn't try and prank call them. No, no, we were Aww. just we wanted that song, so we're just, just, <laughs> just play the damn song. We want to hear Bohemian Rhapsody again. Were you ready with your blank tape to record it when it played? Oh no, we had the song. We just wanted to hear oh. it on the radio for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so. <laughs> Six and Blossom start talking about going to college and then maybe being part of a sorority. And then credits start going. And we head into the credits where they continue talking because they're mm-hmm. not asleep. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about their plans, their European plans and how they're how Six's dad will not like that. She's on a motorcycle, but who cares? Because she's in Europe and this is a fantasy. And it continues into the credits, which I thought was very just yeah. heavy nostalgia for the last scene. Yeah, yeah for, for me, sure. at least. Mm-hmm. I loved it. What I loved about the episode is that, you know, we've had a few wonky episodes where people haven't seemed like themselves. And this episode, maybe it's because Dan Rio actually wrote on it. But I feel like we got back to sort of the core of who each of these characters are as we know them. Yeah. Which was really lovely. Yeah. And and like I said at the beginning, this is this was the type of episode that stuck in my head was just Blossom and Six talking about life and like mm-hmm. just being best friends, you know, like it wasn't yeah. nothing crazy happened really for them anyways. Yeah. Obviously, at six years old, that was the story I was following. I had no idea what was going <laughs> on with Tony. But yeah, like just two 14 year old girls being 14 year old girls. I think for, for me, this episode was really special because all the previous episodes seemed to be. Here's plot A and then two weaker plot B's and C's. Mm-hmm. This one, A, B, and C were all equally important for this yeah. episode, yeah. which I liked. And what's also awesome, maybe not awesome, is that they only had one outfit for each person this episode. Mm-hmm. So let's go into the outfit of the week. Mallory, what is yours? So I chose Blossom's look. Damn it. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so she has this oversized black button up with like a handwriting pattern all over it. She has a giant red scrunchie over her low bun that I kept reading like over the side of her ear as like a big flower. Like it gave me very Mm -hmm. much like flamenco flower in the hair type vibes. Yeah. And then she has black stirrup leggings, which I noticed on my second watch through that sometimes she has socks and sometimes she doesn't. Oh. Yeah. You know what? To be fair, I put on and off socks. No, no, no. In in one scene, like the very first scene, she has socks in one shot and no socks in another. And then she also is wearing the yellow watch that Stephanie tried to steal way back when. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I also picked this outfit and mostly because my older sister had that exact shirt. Did she? Like pretty much. (laughs) I remember it. And she had like this really curly like front perm thing. I don't think it's a perm. It was like a nest. The teased bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Early 90s was fun. What about you, Jen? Was yours? Well, I did two options because I knew you guys would pick Blossom's outfit. <laughs> so my second option is Daddy Russo's beard. <laughs> Just the beard. 
just the beard. I love this shirt. It was purple. It reminded me of Prince. Yeah, it, it, it was a good shirt. His whole, his whole, let's say essence. Let's say the essence of Nick in this episode. I noticed, I don't know if it was the lighting, but his shoes might have also been like a purpley color. <gasps> I love it. I noticed it in the scene um, in Joey's bedroom. So I don't know if it was the lighting or if they actually went that like specific of having like purple. I would love purple shoes. Yes. I need to go look that up now. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, Lesson of the week, Jen. This episode was interesting because all of the storylines dealt with completely different things Mm -hmm. and multiple things and multiple different kinds of things. So I don't think there was one lesson. So what I got away from the episode was just to fill your life with people that you can have these kinds of nights with, like, Mm. like the six and the blossom where all you're doing is sitting in your bedroom and you have the best night of your life. Like try to find those people for your life. Like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to steal yours. Uh, No, (laughs) Mallory, what about you? I I tried really hard to find one that I thought worked from all of them. And I think I did. So I have the best way to learn and grow is to practice in the real world. So Joey improved his math by helping with the family finances. Blossom learned how to deal with her nerves by calling Robert again and again. And Tony is practicing sobriety in the real world a day at a time. That's good. I like that. Oh, nice. Mine was simply was just one word was learn. Yeah. And that I, I took that out of uh, Nick's lesson to Joey, but it does apply to everyone else, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. This was a great episode. No, I love this episode. I know. This might be my favorite episode out of the ones yeah. we've watched so far. So on a scale of one to one nine seven six, um, what would you give this? One nine seven six. What would you give this episode? Or you just just say if you liked it or not. <laughs> I just like that. Well, now I'm going to feel uncomfortable <laughs> if I say one nine seven. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> then yes, that I want the sex line. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> no, this. Uh, yeah, I think this was also one of my favorite episodes yeah. that we've seen so far. Yeah, I, I said full points. I really liked the moments in especially the Blossom and Six scenes when things got a little heavy and Six was able to like know exactly how to shift things to cheer up her friend. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good representation of their friendship. And yeah. and I, I would say that like their bond is more like sisters than friends. Yeah. yeah. You know, I feel like we learned a lot about Six in particular in this episode. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she's always been having a million thoughts at once, but we can kind of see like she's super excited for the world, but she's also a little afraid of what the world is going to be. And she's so obsessed with like getting things right and being perfect. Mm-hmm. And that actually helped me deal with some of the crappy things she said in past episodes where mm-hmm. she's commented about looking pretty or yeah. like anti-fat. Like she's so obsessed with doing things right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I'm also going to give this full points because everything Nick did made me so happy. Yes. Like, as a dad and like, especially since we had that tough love episode a couple of weeks ago and I did not like how he handled it. Mm-hmm. This was, this was a redeeming episode for pretty much most of the characters on the show. Like, I love Oh yeah. Them. I feel re-energized for future episodes now. Well, speaking of future episodes next week, we'll be checking out season one, episode 11 school days where Blossom dreams back to when she was in private school and how she schemes to get into public school and join the band. Meanwhile, Joey plots to pass a history test. That's it. It's not going to make any sense, guys. Just ride the ride with us. It's true. (laughs) And that's all we can really ask of you. So thank you, Mallory. Thank you, Jen, for coming and talking about Blossom. It's been a blast. I love coming here, talking to you every week. Um, And we thank you all out there for listening to us. We shall see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.